0: G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz. This is episode number 70 of the Outback Mind podcast. Appreciate you joining in. Episode 70. Uh, yeah, it sounds... Uh, Sounds pretty daunting that we've knocked over seventy episodes since uh, the end of January, but it's been unbelievable. So it's one of the best things I've I've done is to start this podcast, and the feedback's been unreal. Um, it's helped a lot of guys uh, throughout the country, and it's continuing to get stronger and stronger. So I really appreciate you joining uh, joining me and listening into these podcasts. Just with. Uh, so many amazing guests coming on but also you know people that can pr- provide uh you know um issues or not issues but i suppose uh, evidence of lived experience and also people are like today's guests that can give some really great insight and knowledge on how we can look after our physical and mental health better now today's guest nicholas D. castella um really profound individual uh, in many ways. Nick is the Director of the Heart Intelligence Institute of Australia which I'm something really big uh, on, uh, connecting with the heart to improve our our, our all-around health, our mental health primarily. Once we're more connected with our heart and our true self then everything sort of takes care care of itself and Nick and I are going to dive pretty deep into that today. He's also head of the Australian Breathwork College, so we're gonna learn from Nick a bit about breathing and how that can help our mental health as well, which is really, really important. Um, A lot of us are disconnected with our breath because we're too much in the mind. He's also an expert in emotional intelligence, Um, really, really clever guy uh, with regards to understanding our awareness and our emotions. So we're gonna get a lot from him with regards to that. Um, What he sort of went through as a young fella, he was into athletics, uh, represented Australia uh, and um, uh yeah very very good athletes at his younger day and how he sort of transitioned out of that to be more um into i suppose helping people in general to be able to become more conscious and connected so sit back and enjoy our conversation just want to make special mention to our primary partners green nutritionals green organic superfoods that support our physical and mental health so please check them out greennutritionals.com.au and also pure life organic sprouted bakery or sprouted bread uh, now, if our gut's working better, our mental health works better. And if we're consuming bread and, and we're consuming bread that's sprouted, it digests much easier. So if our digestion's working well, then our mental health works well. And uh, I'd really encourage you to, to try their bread. Check them out. PureLifeBakery.com.au, available around Australia. Alrighty, without further ado, we'll get Nick on and get into this conversation. Nick D. Costello, welcome to the Outback Mind podcast
1: thanks aaron it's a pleasure to be here
0: yes mate so so grateful to have you here i was not aware that you're uh you're the brother of the famous robert but i think you were faster than him is that right
1: <laughs> only at meal times, really i <laughs> guess but uh, <laughs> we both um we I both represented australia i represent australia four times in world championships and ran two hours 15 for the marathon. So, mm. you know, I was up there and um, trained with Rob up in Canberra at the Institute of Sport for four years. Mm,
0: unbelievable. 2.15, two mm. mate, like, oh God, <laughs> I, I can't dream of, of that. That, that. That's pretty quick. But um, certainly uh, I, I, one thing I learned through running was once I learned uh, to not compete with myself, then I actually started to enjoy it.
1: Yeah, well, 2.15 still for me, it's like, was that me? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. The funny thing is, back in those days, you know, all, all my friends were athletes and that, and I just thought it was normal. It was very normal. And mm. now I look back and think, you know, I did okay back mm. then. How old were so, you? Oh, well, I, I ran since I was at school till uh, mid-30s or so. I ran 45 minutes for a 15K when I was 37. Mm, so Unreal. Yeah. yeah. And then other things took over. <laughs>
0: yeah, unreal, mate. So that's, uh, that's tremendous, Nick. Um, you know, the work you're doing now compared to where you were, you could have stayed in that athletic realm, but... I just think what you're doing now is so so great and so needed, but yet so undiscovered. With regards to what you yeah. what you're doing with the breathwork college, but also you know your awareness around heart intelligence and what that can bring to people's well being.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, the funny thing is, it actually was my athletics that led me into this work because um, I was competing at a at the high level, but suffering from anxiety and dealing with emotions that I had no idea on how to manage as kind of a highly sensitive guy mm. and um, so that led me into doing the personal growth work actually so there's a bit of a bridge and I actually worked as an architect for a few years in the middle of those two things as well. Mm.
0: So what, what, how old well were you when you got into the personal growth space?
1: I was 28, 1988, Mm. Mm. and, um, yeah, I just finished my architectural thesis on the relationship between quantum physics and architecture.
0: Jeez, okay, interesting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that was a perfect bridge to kind of realising that we're the creators of our own reality, that, you know, that we play a big part in the results that we get on our life from the inside out, whereas, you know, at the time... I was training 200 kilometers a week, twice a day. Went three years and only missed one days training. You know, it was pretty full tilt. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was doing everything on the outside that was right, and had a good life. You know, I was working as an architect at a house. with married, but on the inside, I was struggling big time
0: mm-hmm. because of lack of uh, lack of awareness of 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 yourself. You did never really understood your
1: soul, and I suppose the identity was taking over? Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit like what you mentioned already, actually. It was, it was like, you know, driving pretty hard in those days. And I made this mistake that to be a top athlete I had to train hard, and therefore to be a better athlete I had to train harder. Mm. ended up making my training so hard I couldn't do it. Yeah. You know, I basically ran myself into the ground. Mm. And then, fortunately, I... Found this some um, self-development work, and I realised it's actually an inside-out game. Success, you know, and you can be doing all the right things, whether it's in business or in athletics or whatever. And uh, if you're not lined up inside and congruent, then nothing's going to work.
0: Mm. It's really interesting you came to that, that age, particularly 1988, where this would have been quite foreign back then. I would have thought.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, like the idea of conscious creation and that was very foreign and, and emotional intelligence didn't really kind of come onto the scene till the mid-90s when Daniel Goldman's book, uh, Emotional Intelligence, Why EQ Matters More Than IQ, was released. Mm. And it was actually during a breathwork session that I had that I suddenly felt all this raw emotional energy pouring through my body that I realised, hey, I've actually got emotions, and they're separate from my thoughts.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that, that that's true, mate. Because you know, I quite often talk on this podcast that the school system really puts us into the, the mind really quickly. Obviously, it takes us away from yeah. the true soul and the true self uh, that we know as we're as we're children. That that child child yeah. like behaviour that we have and. Uh, yeah. I, I just think uh, we were so much in the mind when we sort of hit our teenage years and, and beyond that we stay there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think it's it's getting worse for young people because of all the technology. The young people are like going into cyberspace and they're checking out of their bodies and The more in our minds we are, the less grounded we are Mm. and the more we get run by the stories that are going through our head and we think that they're actually what's real. And so we create all this trauma, this anxiety is spiralling out of control with youth These days and it's largely because they're not in their bodies running through the sand dunes and swimming in the beach Instead, you know babies Mm. are being put on iPads and Mm. it's just we're just seeing the start of all of this Really Mm. it's going to get worse before it gets better. I think
0: could you imagine back in 1998 that this would have been relevant then?
1: Oh, no I I you know like I did my thesis on it was really on the next age like the information age and I remember thinking how could that ever work you know how could people charge money for information and now we pay for our internet connection and all of this the whole world has changed you mm, know yeah amazing yeah it's incredible and this is the first generation that's really grown up on it like our generation you know it only came on halfway through our life but uh kids these days are, are starting off on it mm. and uh yeah I think I think it's the work of mindfulness and presencing being in your body and connecting to your emotions and being emotionally literate and knowing how to work with emotions is essential and you know it's always been a key for success but it's it's more relevant now than ever for sure
0: it's uh it's interesting I was at the library before and I, I go there quite often to to disconnect um some sometimes and um i had had a conversation with someone there about like how much better it was back then when we we, we wrote a letter to people and we um uh we 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 connected you know, more individually rather than via a device and that type of thing and i just yeah. think we, we've got to like you and i i've uh, got to do more to be able to help people understand that 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 that, that disconnection time so important so to get out out of the mind by getting re-natured and and all those sorts of things the library is not the place for it because it's still a built environment but to be able to get out in nature more and more so your nervous system can, can settle down
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, being in the library is a nice thing to do too and doing some quiet things like reading a book, (laughs) you know, listening to some music, the things that we used to do as kids. And, um, you know, everybody did that all the time. And now it's, it's a rare event. And, you know, everything's happening so much faster too. I think everybody's on the go and wants everything instantly. And yet we've got less time now than we used to have yeah you know we used to take sundays off
0: (laughs) yeah no that's right absolutely yeah exactly mate it's uh well sunday was the day of rest wasn't it back then like a sport on a saturday sunday off um yeah and then and then you sort of you know you crept into your week without the stimulation but now now when we're having a break at work we um we, we were on a device, we don't actually sit around and talk to people like we used to and, and communicate and connect and those sorts of things. It's really different. And I, I just think our mental health is so much better in those days.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's like, there's no substitute for personal connection, is there? For sitting down with somebody and having a heart to heart and just taking some time. You know, I run a men's group, and we go up the back blocks here. We have a retreat centre on the outskirts of Melbourne in the forest, and uh, we go up the back, and we sit round a fire once a month, and we have some pizza, and we just open up and talk about the challenges that we're facing in our life, and mm. support each other, and you know, do some do some goal setting for the month ahead, and keep stay grounded and connected, and moving forward in our life. Mm. So important.
0: It is, mate. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I do the men's group thing up, up here and, uh, you know, that, that, that's been really well, um, supported and, and, uh, participated just because guys want a, a safe space to go outside the pub or, uh, um, yeah. you know, somewhere where they can actually like feel, uh, they can be, be able to, you know, express their emotions freely without judgment or comparison or criticism. Mm-hmm. But I think that's really important. And, and one of your passions is emotional intelligence. And, You know, what are some of the things that that people can do these days to be more aware of their emotions?
1: Yeah, well, the first step is really learning to differentiate between thinking and feelings. So as human beings, we're either thinking or we're feeling. We don't do both together. And most of us, everybody knows, in fact, that we do too much thinking Mm. and not enough feeling. Mm. And... The problem with all the thinking is we start to live in this conceptual world of stories that we're making up and we start to lose um, we lose uh, distinction or perception of what's actually real and what's a story. Mm. We start reacting to the stories instead of living in our bodies and in the present moment with the situation that we're actually in. Mm. And so that's the first big distinction is to separate thinking from feeling. And thinking is always disconnected and abstracted from experience. Mm -hmm. So we have an experience and then we give meaning and and comparison and analyze it. and, And we go out of the experience in that. And we go out of connection, out of relationship when we go into the thinking part. And so we need to shift and come back into feeling again, and and that's the direction of reconnecting and coming home inside and finding the peace and the happiness and the love and the contentment that's actually inside our hearts, you know. Yeah. So that's the first thing is to, to notice when we're doing thinking, 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 and take a breath and actually switch off that and take a breath into our body because all obviously all the feelings happen in our body just start to tune into the physical sensations mm. and that brings us into the present moment then
0: mm. that's does right does that make sense oh absolutely yes. it does mate my word it's uh it's it's been like a, a challenge for me nick uh like I, I sort of got out of the poor lifestyle behaviors into fitness and the fitness uh, me on the outside looking good when it came to um to sitting and 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 the body awareness Mm. and the the, you know the the feeling inside that was really challenging the first thing i needed wanted to do was just get up and keep keep moving you know Um, yeah yeah yeah, yes absolutely it it can be can be difficult for a man to do that Um, yeah
1: and it's um you know i think before i started working on myself i thought emotions were like pea soup it's just very contradictory and confusing, whereas now I see they're very simple and straightforward, actually. Mm. Um, And I work with this model of um, existing on four levels as human beings. We have the thinking level, and then we, we have the body sensation level, which is the first port of call if we want to connect into the present moment. We need to come into our body and start to recognize the physical sensations that we're actually feeling, which is like warm, cool, heavy, tight, loose, Mm -hmm. um, you know, tingling, buzzing, aching, um, all those kinds of sensations, they actually lead us to the next level down in the feeling of emotions. And I work with this model that I've developed of six primary emotions being joy and sadness in the chest, Mm -hmm. And fear and excitement in the solar plexus in the middle of your torso and anger and passion in the guts. Mm. And so all emotions are expressed as physical sensations in the body. So you can start to read the emotion by reading the sensations in your body. Mm. And then the fourth level, once we feel the emotions, and when we feel them, they shift, and they don't shift really until we feel them, Um, we connect to what we call our heart state, which Mm. is heart qualities like peace, happiness, love, contentment, things like that. So there's like four levels that we go down through, from thinking to body sensations to emotions and then to heart states.
0: Mm. takes you to the higher levels of consciousness.
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. It, it well, you know our heart is our soul connection it's it's a connection to our essence it's our connection not just to this kind of deep inner peace but actually to this timeless expanse of our true nature yeah
0: mm, that's right absolutely um yes yeah, it's, it's interesting nick like i i always like go back and look at the you know the the 16 levels of consciousness written by um uh, doctor. It was Doctor David or Doctor Stephen. I, I can't remember his last name, but anyway, But the um, uh, David Hawking, I think it was. But anyway, the the lower um, levels fear, shame, guilt. You know, greed, all that. Yeah. Um, which is where society wants to keep us, which is in the thinking mind, isn't it? Um, yeah. And to get to yeah. that, get to the higher levels of consciousness, you know, joy, compassion, kindness um gratitude the higher states of consciousness when you're out of the mind then you're back to that heart state is is where you're going to feel you know your seat again would you agree
1: ah yeah i would and the pathway to get there is to to recognize the stories to feel the sensations in the body to feel the emotion and then there's an automatic deepening process that happens when we're present and we're breathing and we're feeling and then we connect into that heart state and yeah that that is the highest level even though i think of it as the deepest level
0: <laughs> mm, mm. now that's true but that that's serenade innate human nature isn't it no I, I guess when you look at um yeah. brain waves that gets us into theta you know where we're just really in that in that unison and that that, that tranquil mindset and I talk to a lot of guys about you know what is it that makes them calm and you know guys go fishing and they feel relaxed and calm and that's sort of getting getting them back to that heart state where they're not so much in the mind they're they're present yeah and you know that's a great way to, to sort of try and teach uh a meditation practice by getting them connected through something that they enjoy and then being able to use that to ground them on a daily basis
1: yeah that's fantastic yeah i love it
0: yeah so, so that's uh, that's interesting and and with regards to, 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 to breath work, what are some of the techniques that could be used to be able to, you know, simply have a have a conscious breathing practice which might be able to be implemented into, into daily life?
1: Yeah, great. Um, so the breath has been, you know, the catalyst for the transformation that I've experienced myself and I've been training breath work practitioners for twenty years now. And the power of the breath is uh, threefold. First of all, when we focus on our breath, as soon as we focus on our breath, we come into the present moment mm. because it's not often we remember that great breath we took last week. Mm. <laughs> you know? So the breath is an anchor to the present and the present is where it's all happening.
0: Mm. So
1: the future hasn't happened and the past is gone, but the present is where our power is. And so the breath... As soon as we start to focus on the breath, and you don't need to know any breathing techniques, and there's plenty of them, but just focusing on your breath actually is transformative and will take you on the journey that that I mapped out before through the four levels. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing the breath does. The second thing the breath does is it energizes the body. So obviously we breathe to take in energy. And what we've done over years of stress We've contracted in our body and tensed up and we call it getting up tight and we've closed down the breathing pattern from being relaxed and flowing like a child or an animal breathes to being held and staccato So we've kind of locked up our body in order to actually to hold the emotions at bay that We're trained to repress in our culture and so When we focus on the breath and we start to just relax the breath again, you don't need a lot of technique for this, it's just let your breath flow. What that does is it starts to allow the energy to flow in your body. And when the energy can flow, then everything naturally comes back into balance and wholeness. Mm. So that's the second part of the breath. And the third piece in the breath is that it creates this catalyst for change to happen, it creates flow. When holding the breath and locking up, then we get stuck and as long as the breath is flowing, it allows this transformational process to happen and underpinning all of the breathwork practices that I teach is this basic principle of, of what we call basic goodness, which is that there's this natural tendency in life towards health and wholeness and happiness when we let go of control. Mm, Surrender. (laughs) When we surrender and let things flow, then the body is built for wholeness. The body is built to be at its peak, and so is our mind and our emotional well-being. We actually hold ourselves in anxiety and in depression and in stress because we don't trust in this kind of basic principle, this basic tendency in life towards health and wholeness and happiness. Mm. And so just, you know, very simply, if you just spend five minutes, if you monitor your stress level from, say, one to ten, and then just focus on your breath for five minutes, and then check it again, it'll be dramatically different. And it's usually at least 50% reduced and so that's without knowing any techniques of breathing at all mm. and and as i said there's there's more specific ones as well so that's the first thing that i'd say about the breath work is the breath is a powerful catalyst for transformation and it's a natural process there's no drugs involved mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a beautiful free thing.
0: Uh, my 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 uh, my connection came from running with the breath, and, um, oh, yes. and and it would have with you two unconsciously I reckon, but certainly I lived hmm. in Tasmania and mate the, the air was so clean I just was like alkalized the whole time yeah. you know like yeah. I would go running yeah, in because. the morning early and I uh, just it'd just be like sucking in just pure. Pure life force until you come across a house that had a wood heater, and then you had to like hold your breath until you got past it, you know. But um, yeah,
1: yeah, I get you. Yeah. I live up in the in the rainforest on the outskirts of Melbourne in the Dandenong Ranges in Sassafras, and we have fern trees and creeks and rich forests here. And I love running through the forest, and yeah, and I often I have all my life come up here to run. And uh now I live here it's just magic and I totally get it. And I think, you know, something that you touched on then is finding something that you really enjoy doing. You know, people some people go, Oh, I hate running and stuff. Well don't run, you know, go for a walk or a ride or a swim mm. or something. But um finding the joy in it is mm. a real key, I think, mm. to well being, you know. Aww. You've got to be fit in your body.
0: Yeah, Nick. Uh, I've talked about it a lot, but when I was like competitive, looking in the watch all the time, I wasn't enjoying. You know, <laughs> But being yeah. being enjoying yeah. the running like you are in the in the forest is just getting you back to, uh, you know, pure mankind. I guess at the end of the day, uh, you know, running through. Running through um, energy primarily, everything you've got energy all around you. You're used to being, you know, flowing with that energy. Uh, once you get out of the mind into you know, that real flow state, then you just it just becomes pure pure joy.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. And there's a few books coming out now about the breath and performance. And uh, one I'm reading, The Oxygen Advantage, has been around for a while. And that's a fabulous book if you're into performance and you want to learn a bit more about the breath. Mm. And then the one that's coming out just recently is James Nestor's book called Breathe. And that's another fabulous book um, that gives a lot of different types of breathing patterns and background scientific research that's shown that. Um, you know raising carbon dioxide levels in your body is in conducive to peak performance and it's very very interesting because we always thought it was about getting more oxygen but it's more about raising level of carbon dioxide mm. so that that oxygen can be utilized in your body
0: mm. oh, yeah mate. The, the, the body is just just trying to to, to, to be uh, at its potential I just think we're, we're getting in the road of it a lot um, uh, yeah, you know, which which is difficult. But uh, yeah, you know, the, I, lo- I really like those four levels, you know, thinking body sensation, emotions and heart state. Once you're in that heart state and your breath's really slow and you're back to this smooth, smooth, natural rhythm again, you know, which is in all of us. And um, uh, I just that's think right. all this tension has been built up, built up, built up, built up. But yeah, you're right. You, you mentioned something about, mm. about uh, happiness is when you let go of control. And, and that's such a hard thing to do in this day and age. you there mate yeah yeah
1: sorry yeah i am just something funny happened to the phone but we're good (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um yeah it is because like you mentioned before our our society based on fear Mm. and all the thinking is a fear-based sympathetic nervous system reaction Mm. so you know our culture is all full-on into trying to control everything because we don't trust, mm. we don't trust in the basic goodness of life that mm. that we are loved and that we are supported by life, and there's this natural tendency towards health and happiness and wholeness.
0: Mm. Oh, absolutely, mate! It's it's our natural state, isn't it? And uh, um, you know, you've got to look at the the ancient traditions how they they hold that sacred. Um, you look at uh, Indigenous Australia, they. They held that sacred, um, you know, all these indigenous cultures do so. It's just the colonial model that we've sort of, you know, been brought into is actually like trying to work against nature, you know, and that's denaturing us. And when we're being denatured, we're out of that state of flow. So we've got to do things to be able to come back through the gears to get us back to that state within ourselves because, you know, it's not the universe that's forcing against us. It's the culture that we're in. And I just think the universe is pro- trying to provide everything that we, that we need, we are just got to like, be more connected to that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They, they say that when Captain Cook came to Tahiti, the, the local people used to say the, the white people were the people who didn't breathe. Yeah, there That's you right.
0: go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, well I live I live a, a couple of hundred meters away from where captain Cook discovered Queensland and uh, I could tell you some stories about that as well but um, uh, probably a little bit more brutal than, uh, than that particular one but uh, you're right because I was so far in the mind and I look at the images of these these men and they're, they're, they're not smiling you know <laughs> they they're, they're very tense they're very tight and that and that fear-based approach has come into the the uh, into the uh, into the uh, the modern day community um you know and it's not natural to, to, to be like that. You know, I I have spoken many times on this podcast, Nick, that you know we're we're um uh, we're a product of, of all these generations before us which have gone through lots of trauma. You know, you look at mid indigenous men, how much trauma they've gone through to get to where they are now and they're being punished for that trauma which is wrong. Um yeah. you know so a lot of that what dad had was brought into our, our cellular body and what his father went through and what the father before went through, which was probably, you know, very tough. So so we've got all that, that, that trigger and that tension inside us. And uh, once we let go of everything and we get connected again, then we find that um, a lot of that disappears, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, like I think the kind of, in those four levels, the one that we bounce out of is the emotional level. And when people start feeling upset they start feeling anxious, they start feeling angry or sad, they kind of bounce off it and go back up into their heads, you know, because we're not taught how to be present, as you said, with our feelings. And so when we sit down, we go to sit in stillness and start to try to meditate, these feelings come up, you know, and people need to learn how to master their emotions so that they can go through that emotional layer and connect into the deeper heart qualities and find an embodied sense of inner peace, not just a calm mind or a mind that's distracted or disconnected in some way, some mm. happy fantasy, but actually something that's embodied in the present. And when we get into the present like that, everything performs at its peak. You know, our immune system, our, our sense of intuition, our our connection with other people and all of this is being backed up now by scientific research that shows that our heart is actually intelligent, that it has brain neurons and that it processes information and that we can learn to activate that heart intelligence through what's known as heart coherence Mm. and the Institute of Heart Math in America have been doing research on this, like with a with a biofeedback device that can show you how harmoniously your mind and your heart are functioning together. And they've been doing this for probably nearly twenty years now. Mm. And they got a million dollar grant from the U.S. Congress about eight years ago. So. This heart intelligence is not just woo-woo kind of stuff. It's actually now it's a scientifically backed uh, um, aspect, and now the hard mouth people are teaching heart centering to soldiers to the army. Mm, mm.
0: Oh, they, they need to, mate, absolutely, because they're in a they're in a high emotional state. But you know, well, what what I wouldn't say frustrates me, but. Um, a lot of the government uh, uh money gets spent really not in the right areas like this is the sort of area that, that, that needs to go to reconnect people to that hard space yeah. so they can find that transcendental state more you know nick I, I since i've been up here i've been working a lot with ex-prisoners so guys that have come out of jail and um, Good on you. and and that's that's been really actually uh uh, enlightening because I just see these young guys that have been punished for a lot of trauma that wasn't their fault and the time in prison yeah. was not was not nourishing or valuable for them at all but uh, my vision yeah. is to be able to use that uh, prison time as a restorative time where they can learn yeah. uh, methods and techniques to be more connected to themselves because if they're more connected than themselves and they won't mm. get back on the drugs and that and re-offend.
1: Yeah that's fantastic that um, you know we need, we need to get out of this i call the punishing paradigm the myth of punishment that this kind of trance that we're all living in to that thinks that when we punish people it actually makes them better somehow Mm. and we do that at a personal level you know when we make a mistake we punish ourselves because it's part of the paradigm that we're living in is the belief in punishment and as you rightly point out there's no healing in that there's only just shutting down and more hardening that happens through punishing and so we need instead yeah to heal the trauma that's causing dysfunctional behavior and so that we can reconnect and you know come back to our basic goodness
0: this is this is the frustration for me you know you you and i know this we know this (laughs) we 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 need to be able to find a way to be able to make this a reality you know so so individuals and organizations connect can connect with people like us to be able to go in there and help them and 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 and, you know give them the the guidance that they need to be able to become more uh self-aware and be able to um you know really start to live their life properly you know we're not we're not put on this earth just to you know go to school get a tax phone number get a super and die and that's really that's what what it's been you know that that's the way it's been but you know the real truth comes back to you when you start to learn the techniques and the ability you have the ability to be able to reconnect with your true nature again and um you know we're we're denaturing people by sitting them in a school room under a fluoro light and you know when they go into the workplace that happens as well or they're sitting in a machine or uh, on a machine or you know um using a chemical or whatever it's getting them away from the true nature of, of being a human and um uh, I just mm. think we've got a lot a lot of a lot, lot to learn but also a duty to be able to help people understand that you know that, that we're being denatured consistently so to be able to do things that get you connected so your nervous system can be more balanced yeah. would you agree
1: yeah and I think another thing to add to that as men you know we are trained not to be emotional that we're not supposed to have feelings and you know, our father's generations have gone through wars where people had to kill each other mm. and just close down on their emotional being. And so we've inherited that, that dysfunctional um, paradigm of being a man is about being kind of a macho jerk mm. and not having feelings. And there's this great movement in the men's movement of really embracing what we're feeling and embracing the full dimensions of human experience and learning how to work with those so that they can empower us rather than cripple us with dysfunctional behavior and so i think the work you're doing is really fantastic of speaking the men's voice and i see a lot of highly sensitive beautiful open-hearted men who are dealing with all these feelings that they don't know what they're all about and it turns up on their doorstep as anxiety and overwhelm and stress and the real problem is they can't interpret their experience and instead of like understanding that there's some emotions coming up that just need to be felt and and learned from um they instead think that there's something wrong with them that they're weak that they're somehow defective and in fact their empaths. they're highly sensitive men Mm. that can connect with other people deeply and have a great sense of of self-awareness and depth to their personality and lovely caring man
0: yeah absolutely and i just think there's lots of people that have been broken because they've been like that and they've had to sort of fit into a box um yeah i think we're in a unique time now where that's starting to change but i just see so many guys that have maybe taken their lives or that have had significant issues yeah. uh, with drugs and alcohol and all those sorts of things to, to disengage yeah. because they're, they're actually been yeah. they've been uh, kept from, from actually living from their heart and what their heart's you know guiding them to do.
1: Yeah and yeah and mostly like that's a deeper level of it that at the surface level of it. they've got all these emotions that are coming up including anger, you know and they don't have the tools to be able to work with those feelings in a positive way and i've got a book on the website Do any listeners want to go and get this it's called peace to emotional mastery it's free and it's a basic understanding of the way that our emotions work that we should have got taught at school mm. and we did it mm. you know mm. and we suffer a lot from that i mean i've been running our three and a half day residential emotional intelligence training called passionately alive since 1996 Mm. so that's 24 years and i've run five to ten of those a year and uh, you know so i've seen and we have medical doctors sending their patients to us all the time and we just open up this whole dimension of human experience called our emotions (laughs) that people just have got no idea even exists, you know, and people instead are trying to do positive thinking and affirmations and stuff like that, and then they end up feeling worse about themselves because it doesn't work, Mm. because you can't just positive think your way out of anger or sadness or fear. You've got to process the emotional energy that's in that, that's in our body, in order to really connect deeper into our heart. Mm. Yeah,
0: it's it's beautifully said, Nick. Um, I don't know whether whether we really we, we don't realise when when our hearts speaking to us and our truth speaking. And um, I, I don't really look at uh, Deepak Chop Trop, Chopra. I've only just sort of engaged with a guy by the name of um, uh, what's his name, Joe Dispenza. <laughs> So, a lot of my a lot of my learning has been through Eastern cultures, you know, uh, yes. and trying to dissect that, which has not been easy, but um, certainly, um, certainly, you know, once I get out of the mind, like I've had to chant for two and a half hours and that, you know, and um, that gives you the same feeling as what you've just uh, done when you've gone through a marathon. You get back to this sense of like pure, your heart's open, you know, your heart's open and you're actually seeing yep. life in its real flow state. and um um, yeah yeah because the mind is so dominant we just need to um I wouldn't say need to but but just doing practices that just get us grounded again um you know, help us get back to that equilibrium I think
1: yeah absolutely it, we're all saying the same thing and you know like I know that you do a lot of yoga too and we teach some simple yoga practices in our workshops that really makes a big difference and um um John Kabat-Zinn at the Massachusetts University Hospital there has been doing mindfulness practices since the 70s and he's got a lot of scientific research that shows that people accelerate the rate of healing when they're present in their bodies. Mm. And so the yoga is fantastic for that too.
0: Mm. Oh, absolutely it is. I think too, you know, we, we, we do get sort of stuck in, in, in our thinking and if we can have a challenge and... Sometimes yoga postures can be challenging and uh, it's not a competition. It's about really just giving yourself um, body awareness and, and what your body is capable of doing. But if you continually keep doing that, repeating, then all of a sudden your body starts to adjust and then you start to to, to move and change um, you know, differently. Would you agree? Yeah,
1: you know, we have a saying that the body presents its bill.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true.
1: That's interesting. And what we do is we make the mistake of confusing logic with insight. And so we we have a problem and we try and figure out the answer to it. And we just go around and around the circles in our head. And then we give up and we go for a walk on the beach or something. Or we go, you know, for a swim or something. And then we, we're just lying there. And then suddenly the answer pops in. Mm. And we think when we go looking for the answer next time we think i've got to figure this one out and we forget that insights often happen when we're not actually thinking about the problem
0: Mm. oh of course absolutely Uh, all the time mate. it's it's always there it's uh it's the undercurrent that you're not actually swimming with and um uh when you uh when you sort of get out of the mind and get back to surrendering then that's when the the really nice things will, will will come and you know, I have some great things come to me. Uh, a lot of my practice uh, over the last ten years has been sort of between three and six a.m. to, to you know, get up and do meditation or movement. So you know, that's the time that the mind's most settled, and you're really at one with nature because there's no noise. There's, there's uh, everything's everything's asleep. You know, so, so you've got uh, got got the world to yourself, and I just think that's that's prime time, the ambrosial, ambrosial hours to be able to. to 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 get into um you know a self-awareness practice but um it can be challenging um i guess but it's um yeah it's an interesting thing you know one one size and one one thing doesn't fit all nick you know all our bodies are different you know we've been put into a box here to think that we've got to do everything a certain way but our eastern cultures talk about um different doshas and different body types and you know and your body is different than mine and your body needs to do things and eat things differently than what mine does to, to keep it thriving, I guess. And it's just trying yeah. to create that awareness.
1: Yeah, and we have different commitments in our life with family and different kinds of jobs and things like that. And so we have to just create our own you know, lifestyle routines, I think, that makes it fun and easy to do so we keep on doing it. If it's, you know if it's too hard um people will do it for a little while and then they'll drop off and they'll stop doing it and so we have to build these healthy habits into our life like susan my wife and i we're both i'm i'm 61 and she's not far off and we go for a run three times a week and we hop in the car and we drive 20 minutes to these great spots in the forest and it's like it's like an outing together. It's mm. like we go out on a date. Mm. We go for a run together, and we'll often have a coffee afterwards or something like that. And it's a really enjoyable part of our life, and um, it keeps us in really good shape. You know, I, I'm on my second round of fitness, but and running as fast as I have for twenty years now, Jeez. and it's because I've set up this routine, you know, of that's enjoyable and consistent. And that's just you know on the running sense and I do yoga every morning I don't get up at 3 a.m. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that's not my constitution but I'll get up and I'll I'll walk around for a while and then I'll have a shower and then I'll do some salutes to the Sun you know before I get dressed yeah and that my body's warm and I'm loose and that's been fantastic because I can still do up my shoelaces and cut yeah. my own toenails
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely, mate. But, but the key word, you, you said it really quickly, enjoyable, enjoy able. Yeah. You know, in, in, enjoy able, uh, yeah. you know, so you, you, you're you able to be in You know, you, you, yeah. you, you have the ability to, to find that joy if you give yourself uh, yeah. an opportunity to, to, to tap into that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think, I, yeah, I believe what you're saying all the way through, um, I You know, I mentioned putting a lot of pressure on myself when I was an athlete. And part of the big awakening that I had in 88 was realising that I was the one that was making my own life hard. Mm, mm. (laughs) I was in the false assumption that to be a top athlete I had to train hard. And when I realised that, that I was making my own life hard, I decided, well, what if I decided it could be fun and easy? And so I started to run... With that little chant that running is fun and easy for me, and I started to run faster on less training.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mate, I, I've talked about this a bit. I, I wrote a book actually. Um, you have to have to have to get a get a copy and have a read. But um, <laughs> I, um, I, well, I was in the Fraser Snake Challenge in Tassie, and and uh, yeah, like, like I, I once I, 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 I nearly got bitten by a snake and. I thought, fuck, you know, how, how close was this? And then I, after that moment, I started to, like, be in flow with what was going on, and and, uh, and yeah. that, that made me enjoy it. I started to enjoy it, and then I started to, like, I just got quicker naturally because I wasn't so much above the shoulders, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we had a woman in the breastwork training, Mel McCauley, uh, three years ago. She's got a mitochondrial issue, and... Um, she goes to see the doctor. She's a PT herself, and um, she goes to see the doctor, and he can't believe that she's not in a wheelchair, mm. um, but she's just staying connected in her heart. And During the breathwork training, she and her husband rode from Maryborough in Queensland down to Canberra, And then she competed in a 24 hour endurance cycling race. She can only open one eye because her energy system's not functioning 100%. Mm. And um, she ran, she rode in this thing, 24 hour endurance competition, and she won her her title in the age category. (laughs) And she said it was the easiest race she's ever rode in because she was just. She was listening to my heart-centred living audio recordings mm. uh, for the six months before it on how to live from your heart. And it just changed the way she went about the whole thing. Mm,
0: incredible, mate. I'm so proud that you have this stuff available. I was I was unaware of it, Nick, um, that you actually like had had a lot of this in, in audio and that sort of stuff. Well, I need to certainly... Um, start having a listen to it and um you know you and i've known each other for a few years but i, I was I, I'm, I'm learning a lot from you through this conversation on on what you've actually been able to do behind the scenes here yeah thanks yeah i've
1: um I'm a little bit guilty there of not putting my things out far enough, but mm. anyway, I'm working on it. Mm. I've got it's a few a... books on my computer and things like
0: that. <laughs> uh, amazing, mate. Do, do you know what? I, I, I really would like to set up a a community that's that that's able to like like to to communicate often daily about the heart stuff. You know, to be able to to really um, you know share how they're feeling, to be able to uh yes. look at what others are you know um you know experiencing to be able to help them reconnect with themselves because the, 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 the foundation of this podcast is, is, is to try and remove isolation. So so you know people uh, guys in general but also you know people out there in regional Australia feel connected yeah. to, to something and they can learn from others and you know yeah. you you and I know the 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 whole game is about connection with the heart. Once you've got connection with the heart then you know, you live in the real self, and
1: um, I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think um, it, it's a big, it's a, it's a massive void in our culture. Not only do we not know how to work with our emotions, but we don't know how to make that spiritual connection. That's not religious. That's actually connecting to that basic essence of timeless peace and love and, and happiness and contentment that's within us and then how to live from that heart state and we we have this model that i've developed of you know
0: Oops, hang on, mate. all right mate all good go again
1: now, i think one of the big tragedies in our society is that a lot of us has thrown our spirituality out because of religious trauma And so we don't want to get into that. But not only are we missing emotional intelligence, but we're missing spiritual intelligence. And what I mean by that is we're missing how do we live from our heart? How do we live in the world from states of peace and happiness and love and contentment? How does that show up? And so in the work that I do, I'm really passionate about people not just having mystical experiences during breathwork sessions but actually translating that into the way that they live their life Mm. so living with things like gratitude generosity kindness compassion um, courage living in mystery how do we translate these kind of spiritual aspects that we talk about into actual daily practices that show up in our everyday life that changes the way that we greet the person in the uh, petrol station or the post office or the person um, who's giving us grief on facebook or the person mm. that wants to sue my ass off and, mm, mm. <laughs> and how can we You know, and again, it's one of the aspects of the work. How can we keep our heart open when we're in hell? How Mm. can we stay relaxed and and compassionate when we're feeling attacked by somebody Mm. and actually not get into a spear-throwing competition with them and um, live with an open heart? And that's a big part of the work that we do. And You know, people... Often show up at our workshops because they've got, uh, they're, they're depressed or they're anxious or they've, they've lost somebody that they love or they've lost direction in life um, and they see that as a problem and then they do the emotional healing work and then they realise there's a whole other landscape that's available to them mm. and they go on and they take their life to a whole le- new level that would never have been possible if they hadn't been through that trauma mm. and hadn't come and learned how to deal with that trauma and then use those skills to go on and create an amazing life. Mm.
0: That, that's, that's so, so true and, and so well said. It's, uh, it's really interesting. We, we have been confused and fucked up because of... Um, religious trauma primarily and i know with with the men's group here i had a guy uh, involved that was wanting to to help run circles but he had a really strong religious slant and i had to had to confront him <laughs> about that because you know there's guys in the group that have that religious trauma from what happened to them and, and their connection yeah. with spirituality is nowhere near what it should be or could be because of this and um, yeah. you know, from him bringing things up, you know, talking about the Holy Spirit and things like that really, uh, really, really, uh, was confronting to them. And, um, yeah, yeah, you know, I've got to try and do what I can to, to make sure that's a safe space for everyone, but also to, um, to help, uh, people re-engage with, with the their, their, their connection to the higher consciousness and, and higher self and, and, you know, being able to ex- actually experience all the, the beautiful gifts um, that you mentioned with regards to, you know, uh, en- engaging with your, your spiritual intelligence.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, we so often we're looking for something to cling to, you know. Um, we want to cling to a belief. We want to cling to an ideology. We want to cling to a religion or something like that. And it's kind of trying to hedge our... Ourselves against our basic impermanence and insecurity and vulnerability in life, you know? And when people become bound by principles and beliefs like that, they go out of relationship and they can't connect with other people and they can't grow and evolve themselves. And so uh, I think embracing that kind of humility of, Living in mystery and being a constant learner and curious about about not just about life, but actually about relationships and about what's happening for ourselves mm. as well. Mm. Watching myself, what happens next, and watching mm. my wife and my kids, and staying in that um, um, curiosity mindset, beginner's mind is so so essential. Mm. And I think on the religious thing, you know, I think it's changing. And I think the churches um, actually have been doing their best to try to be accountable and um, make amends to a large degree. And I've noticed in the years that I've been teaching workshops that in the old days, I wouldn't dare mention the word God, mm. <laughs> people would riot. And now people are much more happy to talk about spirituality and and sometimes god as well uh and so there's a good healing that's happening i think
0: Mm, yeah yeah absolutely i I agree mate my my word people are more open to it you know i have guys coming along in their 50s 60s and 70s um and there you know like i I had mate i I had on the podcast uh during the week a fellow by the name of Rod owen that played for st kilda and he had some childhood trauma and, and he was like living outside his body uh you know uh through anger and aggression right. and alcoholism and all that for years and, and now as he's been off alcohol for two and a half years and now he's practicing meditation every day and he's starting to uh engage with himself and, and the high levels of con- consciousness in his mid-50s you know so it just goes to show that uh that once you start to come back through the gears again, you can you can reconnect. So, you know, these guys that are coming to the, the workshops in their 50s, 60s and 70s, life is yeah. nowhere near yeah. over. There's so much more ahead. And, uh, you know, the sun comes yeah. up every day, it goes down every day like it has for an eternity. And once we can start to become more connected with um, with all these things that are going on, which are priceless, uh, which don't cost a thing, then all of a sudden we get back to our, our true nature again. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. And I think everything that I do is very simple and down to earth and we have people coming off the farm that never heard of the new age and walk into our workshops and just to be able to pick it up and run with it and um, I was saying to you the other day that a friend of mine Robert Webb just passed away he was in mid-80s and he'd been doing work with us for over 20 years I think he was 63 when he first came along and he knew that his time was up and he'd lived and he he was self-aware enough and at peace with himself and his life that we had a conversation a couple of days before he passed away and he thanked me for his role in his life and um you know we said our farewells and it was amazing experience to be part of of people so present and accepting and at peace with themselves in their life Mm. that they were ready just to complete it and sign off on the deal Mm. (laughs) next adventure and it's really amazing I
0: just think that sense of peace can be with us every day if we we allow that and we we can we can tune into
1: it yeah definitely yeah it's here here right now if we just if we stop trying to go anywhere and make anything happen we stop making things wrong and we just accept that this is the way that it is now peace opens up instantly
0: mm. beautifully said Nick that's a great a great way to to finish the conversation now how can people get hold of you and, and look at um, look at what you're doing and some of the beautiful work you've done and, and maybe engage with reading one of your books or uh, you know, yeah, getting, getting some sure. education yeah
1: yeah thanks Aaron um, I have a couple of websites Breathwork.com.au is one the breathwork one and then the other one is EQ dot net dot au EQ for emotional quotient and on there there's lots of free resources, there's the keys to emotional mastery book there's the head to heart audio which is going through those four levels that I talked about, it's the first night of Passionately Alive Um, and what we're doing now is we're running online breathwork coach training programs which are really taking off in the lockdown means people can work with Uh, clients all around the world from anywhere in the world and Do the training online too. So very simple beautiful breathing technique that helps people to Connect the subconscious blocks that are holding them back from living their life fully and and clear them Mm. So those are the main things that we're up to at the moment And it's been an absolute joy to be on the show with you. So thank you for having me here. And look forward to connecting to anyone who's who's you know looking for some support in this area.
0: Guys, thanks so much. Uh, pretty powerful conversation with Nick. We we only really touched on on a lot of stuff there, um, a lot of deep deep stuff that you can go into to uh, to learn a bit about uh, emotional intelligence, uh, a bit more about yourself, a bit about. Um, you know all the things that that, um, that that Nick spoke about in general, which was a lot in, in that hour. Um, you know, I really encourage you to, to contact him. Um, maybe look at look at his work. Maybe looking at uh, look at downloading some audio that you could uh, you could utilize. Um, yeah, such you know, geez, this guy is sixty one. How much he's actually been able to do in those years from from that athletic uh, those athletic days, running a marathon in two thousand fifteen. Uh, to be able to get into the, the higher levels of consciousness through the work that he's, um, he's done uh, on himself, uh, but also to um, you know just keep educating and, and feeling into himself and the potential that we all have as humans. So thanks very much for joining in. If you'd like to touch base with me and, and give some feedback, support at backmind.com.au. Appreciate you being here. Share the podcast with others so others can enjoy and learn from other people uh, like Nick as well. Thank you. Cheers.